Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. My name is Zerda Thors, and this is the Asgard Podcast. The Mead of Poetry At the end of the war between the Aesir and the Vanir, all of the gods and goddesses sealed their truce by spitting into a great jar. Rather than letting the spittle be wasted, the gods decided to fashion a man from the spittle. His name was Kvasir, and he was so steeped in the knowledge of the Nine Worlds that he became renowned for his ability to answer people's questions. No one could ask him a question to which he did not know the answer. Kvasir traveled widely, teaching people his knowledge. He came to be the guest of two dwarves, Fjallar and Galar. Seeking a word in private with Kvasir, they brought him to a room and killed him. The dwarves drained out all his blood, catching it into two large jars and a cauldron. To the blood, they added honey, which formed a divine mead. Anyone who drank it became a wise man or a poet. Fjallar and Galar kept the mead for themselves. When the Aesir sent a messenger asking about Kvasir, he was told that the wise man had choked on his own learning and died. Later, when the giant Gilling and his wife visited the dwarves, the brothers drowned Gilling and crushed his wife under a millstone. When Gilling and his wife failed to return home, their son Satung went in search of them. Satung seized Fjallar and Galar and carried them far out into the ocean to a small rock rising just above the waves. Satung pointed out that the rising tide would soon cover the rock and that it was much too far back to the shore for the dwarves to swim. Fjallar and Galar begged for quarter. In exchange for their lives, they gave Satung the three containers of mead. Satung took the precious liquid directly to his home near the mountain Nidbjörg. Here, he created a chamber deep within the mountain, and into it he placed the two jars and the cauldron of mead for safekeeping. Satung instructed his daughter, Gunnloth, to guard the mead by day and by night. Word got back to the Aesir about what had happened to Kvasir and about the treasure of the mead. Odin decided that he would journey to Jotunheim to recover the mead. He disguised himself as a man and called himself Bölverkur, or Grief Worker. Bölverkur traveled to Jotunheim and eventually came to a valley where nine men were working in a field, sithing grass. Bölverkur could see that the work was slow going because the siths were not sharp. Striking up a conversation, Bölverkur learned that the men worked for Böje, the brother of Satung. Bölverkur then offered to sharpen their siths. They gratefully accepted and were amazed to find how much quicker the work went after Bölverkur had finished his sharpening. They offered to buy Bölverk's whetstone from him. Bölverkur responded by throwing the whetstone high into the air. The men all jostled for a position to catch the whetstone, and turning as one, they all cut each other's throats with their siths and fell dead. Bölverkur caught the whetstone as it fell, and continued on his journey. That evening, Bölverkur made an appearance at the farm of Böje, the giant, and asked for hospitality. Böje was not in a pleasant mood, describing how his nine workmen had all killed each other, and he despaired of finding replacements that late in the season. 
Bölverkur offered to do the work of all nine men for the rest of the season, providing that Böje helped him obtain a drink of the med from the poetry from his brother, Satung. Böje said that he was not in a position to grant such a request. In the end, Bölverkur agreed to work for Böje for the rest of the season, for which Böje would ask his brother for a drink of mead for Bölverkur. Bölverkur did the work of nine men, and more for the rest of the summer. At the end of the summer, Bölverkur and Böje approached Satung and asked for a drink of mead. Satung refused outright. Bölverkur went on to work on Böje to enlist his help in tricking Satung out of the mead. Eventually, Böje agreed to help. Together, they went to the mountain Hnitbjörg. Bölverkur pulled out an auger and directed Böje to use it to drill through the side of the mountain into the chamber where the mead was stored. Eventually, Böje announced that he had broken through into the chamber. Bölverkur went up to the hole and blew into it. Stone chips blew back into his face, proving that the hole didn't penetrate the stone. Realizing that Böje had lied to him and was trying to cheat him, Bölverkur harshly set Böje back to work. A second time, Böje announced that he had breached the mountain. This time, Bölverk's breath of air blew the stone chips into the mountain, so he knew Böje was right. Immediately, Bölverkur turned himself into the shape of a snake and slithered into the hole. Böje tried to skewer the snake with the auger, but he was too late. Once inside the chamber, Bölverkur returned his shape to that of a man. He presented himself to Gundloth, Satung's daughter, who guarded the mead while sitting on a stool of solid gold. But at the sight of Bölverkur, Satung's warnings to guard the mead left Gunloth's head. Bölverkur beguiled her, and for three days they lay together in the chamber in the heart of the mountain. At the end of the three days, Gunloth was ready to give Bölverk anything he desired. He asked for three drinks of the precious mead. In his first swallow, he emptied the first big jar. The second swallow emptied the second jar, and Bölverk's last swallow emptied the cauldron. With all the divine mead held in his mouth, Odin changed himself into an eagle and flew away, heading for Asgard. When Satung saw him, he too changed himself into an eagle and gave chase. They flew across Jotunheim, across the mountains, towards Asgard. When the Icers saw them, they put out containers in the courtyard. As Odin flew over the courtyard, he spat the mead out into the containers. Satung was right behind him. It was such a close shave that in the excitement, some of the meat came out backwards. This meat was not kept. Anyone can take it what wants it. It's called the Rhymester's Share. But the rest of the Satung's meat was safely stored away. Odin gave it to the Aesir, and occasionally he gives it to those men who are skilled at composing poetry. Odin and Geirroth Agnar and Geirroth, the young sons of King Hreudung, were out fishing when the wind blew their boat out to sea. In the dark, their boat was blown ashore and wrecked. A farmer and his wife found them and took them in for the winter. The following spring, the farmer gave the boys a boat in which to make their way back home. As the boys prepared to leave, the farmer spoke privately to Geirroth. A breeze sprung up and carried the boys to their home harbour. Geirroth, who was forward in the boat, jumped ashore and pushed the boat back out, saying to his brother, Go where the trolls will take you. The boat and Agnar were carried out to sea. 
Geirroth went up to the hall and was greeted joyfully. His father had died, and Geirroth was taken as king. Odin and his wife Frigg were sitting on the high seat Hlidskjalf, looking out at all the worlds. Odin said, Do you see your foster son, Agnar? He is raising children with a giantess in a cave, but Geirroth, my foster son, is king, Frigg said. But he is so stinging with food that he tortures guests if he thinks that too many have come. Odin decried such a great slander and made a wager with Frigg that the story was false. Frigg sent her handmaiden to Geirroth with a message that a wizard was arriving in the country to bewitch him. Meanwhile, Odin traveled to Geirroth's land, covered in a dark cloak and calling himself Grimnir. Grimnir was brought before Geirroth and questioned, but Grimnir refused to say anything. To force Grimnir to speak, Geirroth had two roaring fires built and bound Grimnir between the fires. For nine days, Grimnir sat roasting between the fires, so scorched that the cloak burned off him. Geirroth's young son, who was called Agnar after the king's brother, realized that the king was acting wrongly towards his guest. Agnar went to Grimnir between the fires with a horn full of drink. Grimnir thanked the boy, saying, For one drink you shall never get a better reward. Grimnir prophesied that Agnar would soon sit on the throne. Grimnir then showed his range of knowledge to the boy, describing details of the lives and lands of the gods and other supernatural beings. Anyone paying attention would have realized that only Odin would have known all those things. Grimnir finished saying to Geirroth, Now you may say Odin, approach me if you can. Geirroth sat with his sword in his lap. When he realized that his visitor was Odin, he stood to pull his guest away from the fire, but his sword slipped from his hand, hilt downward. The king lost his footing and fell forward. The sword skewered him and he was killed. Odin disappeared and Agnar became king and ruled for a long time afterward. All sources are taken from herstwick.org. Next week I am going to be telling you two stories again. Thor's journey to Utgarth and Thor and Hymir. This next Wednesday I am also going to be releasing a bonus episode. So if you have any questions, you can send them to me at erdathors at icloud.com or via Twitter, twitter.com slash erdathors. It is going to be non-Norse mythology related, but you can send Norse mythology related questions or questions about me or just anything your heart desires. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.